This episode is part of our SLP business series, which we're going to be running for the next two weeks, right before SLP Creative Con launches on March 18th. And that event is for any SLP who is starting or growing a business or any creative SLP who is interested in branding or marketing on social media. So if this sounds anything related to your interests, then stick around for this episode. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA certified speech language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. I am joined by my friend, Nicole Umana DeSantos, who also happens to be the ASHA Continuing Education Administrator for TASSEL. And TASSEL is the organization that provides ASHA CEUs for some of the episodes on this podcast. Nicole is an SLPA with a thriving side business called Creative Collaborations. And we've been working together for what? Almost over two years now, right? Maybe three yeah, years. Yeah. Three years, I guess. Yeah. That's crazy. So Nicole has been on the podcast before talking about, you know, starting a side hustle. So we're going to do more of a deep dive today into a resource that she's created for some of her clients, which is a business plan. And she was gracious enough to donate it as a resource for SLP Creative Con. And just to give you a little more background, Nicole is a graphic designer, a social media manager, a marketing strategist. Basically, she does everything for other SLP and on non-SLP related businesses. And she is here to share her tips for creating a business plan today. So Nicole, I'm so glad to have you back on. I get to see you lots of times <laughs> throughout the week, but I'm so glad to introduce you to the Speechy Side Up audience and talk about this amazing resource that you created. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I'm also happy to go through this resource because I have like gone through this process and shared it with so many different people in the past. So to be able to do it and make it specialized for the event coming up is really a privilege. Yay. I'm so excited. So just to give everybody a little bit of a background, SLP Creative Con was really geared towards SLP entrepreneurs and creators. I feel like there is a lot of business information out there, but not really geared towards our field. And there are a lot of actual SLPs who have kind of stepped into this realm of building a business. You've got Jenna who helps people build private practices. You've got Sarah from social moguls who helps people with their social media. You've got Kristen from Kiwi speech who helps people with their marketing materials and the list goes on. And many of those, we are actually having speak at SLP creative con. So I know it's a very new concept to this field, 
but we are trying to bring all of this together to help people who are interested in starting a business or to grow their business thrive. So let's dive into this business plan today, which is available for everyone that signs up for SLP Creative Con. So this is the first page, right? And it's called the Executive Summary Brain Dumps. So what is that? So pretty much when anybody has an idea, this is what I want to do. This is my business idea. It almost starts overwhelming you as to all the things that you're going to do. So the executive summary brain dump is supposed to help you just get the ball rolling, get those ideas out of your head onto paper and to really understand the most important question here, which is what is your why? Why are you starting this business? Why do you feel passionate about this? And the reason doesn't really have to be big or small. It can be, I want to spend more time with my family and that's my inspiration and my reason to do this. Or it could be, I see a huge deficit in our field and that's why I want to be a leader in X, Y, Z. So this page here is really to help you take your vision, realize what your why is so that you can always go back to it. There's always going to be different ups and downs when you're in business. So you really need to have that clear vision of your why to refer back to when maybe you lose some of that zeal at some point. So then you kind of go on to a general outline of what you want to do in your field. It's important to also in this process to do some research, right? So who are your competitors or who are other people in the field that are doing something similar to you? How can that help you figure out how you want to be a little different, how you want to stand out a little bit, get that idea? general idea. You don't have to have all the specifics, but a general idea of, you know, what your finances are when you're starting. Are you starting out with some seed money? Are you starting out with no money at all? Just kind of those general basics that you're going to, you're, you're going to have at the beginning. And that can always change, but this is just to help get all of those ideas out on the paper. (laughs) Basically organize all of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to like help you also realize like, you know, if this is what I'm thinking about, where do I need to do that research? Where do I do I want to scale really fast? Is that like one of your goals? Maybe you have a goal of like, I really would like to hire a VA in so many months because like my vision is to have a more than just me and my business. But is that something you need to like do research into? Do you need to look at like what like Fiverr or Upwork what's on there or what people are out there, what they charge, those kind of ideas. Or, you know, maybe you need to do more research in the fact that there really are these two companies who are doing the same idea as you. And like, how are they really compelling their audience to sort of buy into their business? So how can you kind of think about that in your own vision on how to incorporate that into your why or into your I guess, vision of what you want to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, it makes sense. And if anybody is struggling with like figuring out what their why is, there's a really good book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Have you read that one, Nicole? I have not. Oh, it's a good one. I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then what about you? Do you mind sharing your why? Like, is that something that you wouldn't mind sharing publicly? <laughs> yeah, my why definitely changed a lot. So when I first started out, my why was I wanted to have an online business so that I could move out of the country. But that was 
pre-pandemic. <laughs> so during COVID, my plan really did my why change. You know, I no longer was doing this to move. It was more to feel a little more financially stable. I wanted to feel, you know, as an SLPA, there are a lot of different opportunities, but there's also more limited opportunities that I've found than SLPs deal with. So I wanted to feel free up some of that financial responsibility, I guess, to feel like I have more control over what I'm doing. And that's pretty much the why of what's kept me over the past two, two two and a half years. And I, I guess at this point, it really has even pivoted a little more where I love having that financial freedom or that flexibility in my schedule for my family. I take care of my parents, they take care of, you know, my own family. So I love my, my why is really so that I can have the best situation for my schedule. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like a perk that you didn't even anticipate coming in. And I'm in the same boat as you. My why has definitely changed over time. And now that I have live a toddler, it is like, so much stronger. The idea that I want my schedule to be flexible. I need to, you know, have flexibility in where I work, the hours that I work to get sick. Babysitters don't show up. Like it has never been more crucial and, you know, until now, but my wife for tassel specifically and speech setup were very different because those were really geared towards the fetal field of speech language pathology. And finding a gap in our field and trying to improve that gap, like for speech language pathology or for the podcast specifically, like there were not a lot of podcasts for speech language pathologists when I started, I think I was like the second or third one. So that was a huge why being able to disseminate information. Like I love, love, love learning. I know you do too. And wanting to like, make sure that everyone else got the same information as well. So that was really the impetus behind the podcast. And then with the pod courses, the strong why came from being really tired of having to catch up on CEUs and not enjoying it at all and kind of scrambling until the last minute. Whereas people were listening to the podcast, enjoying it on a regular basis, like why not be rewarded for that as well? So that was like my strong why for Tassel too. So I feel like that's where it started. It's definitely changed over time, which is kind of cool too, but you're, it is important, I think, to do a brain dump like this, because sometimes you can get lost in what your why is, especially when you're getting self-doubt or you get competitors. It's like going back to what the original why was that got you like passionate about it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Like it's kind of how you're saying, like, I really feel like that ups and downs over the years or the months or you know, maybe you get a lot of clients or you're doing a lot of work or selling a lot of products, whatever, but there's always going to be that like go and or lull every now and then. And that's when you're going to really need to like, remember, like, why did I get into this in the first place? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure people have heard of developing a mission statement for a business. (laughs) I'll tell you a little story. So when I was like starting Tassel, I hired a business coach on Upwork. They weren't very helpful at all. I have a much better one now, but they were not that great. And some of the things that we did was like writing a mission statement and like creating, I don't know, we created like some type of 
thing to accompany that, but I can't remember. Maybe it was a business plan. Yeah, I think it was a business plan in the mission statement. And it just didn't feel natural, like at all. So I'm curious, like, what are your tips for developing like a good mission statement? Yeah, so I've I've done different kind of working sessions with people across different fields. And when it comes to the mission statement, I feel like everyone way overthinks it. Like yeah. thinks it has to be this, super big important statement that encompasses so like much no word but wrong. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly but really the point of a mission statement is to be concise outline your purpose outline a goal be clear and be kind of just a compelling declaration of like what your company is what it wants to do so I guess you're to break down kind of how to go about it. The first thing would be to define your purpose in the shortest amount of words, start thinking about what your business does, why it exists. Is there a problem that you're solving? Is there a need that you're addressing? Who are you addressing? If we're talking like SLP related, maybe are you speaking to parents? Are you speaking to SLPs? Are you speaking to private practices? Are you speaking in a medical profession? Narrowing that down and thinking about your niche, which a lot of people that's common to hear about. Or, you know, you should want your mission statement to articulate your core purpose in a clear, concise, simple, simple, simple way. So on the bottom of this page, you'll see the outline, your core values. And I think that's also a great place to brain start this whole idea of, you know, what are the principles that are also going to guide your business? What values are important to you? So you can think of short words and phrases. Start with that. What's associated with your business? What do you want to be associated with you and your brand? Maybe it's honesty or innovation or sustainability, customer service, teamwork, whatever it might be. And then prioritize those different ideas, like create a hierarchy of the closest ones that you want to be important to your brand to the furthest ones away that maybe you can incorporate them somewhere else. Maybe it doesn't need to be in that mission statement. So essentially what values are essential, essential for you to have success. Once you've identified those core values, you can be specific by what they mean to you or how they'll be demonstrated in your business practice. So if one of your core values, let's say is sustainability, Maybe you'll define what that means for your business, like reducing waste or using eco-friendly products, not SLP related, but you know, (laughs) an example that comes to mind. And then you'll see over on the left side, you can also have a section to define your goals. So what are your goals for the long term? What do you want to, where do you envision yourself in six months time, a year's time? How is your business going to give some kind of impact to a person, a community, yourself, et cetera. So once you kind of have all of those ideas, you should be able to see where you're, where you're going with it. You know, you should be able to kind of pull it all together to find something concise, some like good examples I can think of too, that kind of don't overthink it. If you think about Google, you know, like what's the point? of Google. Like everybody uses Google every single day, but their mission statement is 
to organize the world's information and make it universally acceptable and useful. So I think it's really good. They have um, like generally just what they do, why it impacts your everyday life. And those really good keywords of it's making it universally accessible. So I think those are some good points that can kind of get you started. And I feel like when I go through these sessions with different clients and they start just like writing down like what's important to them and those values, et cetera, like the mission statement kind of builds itself. Makes sense. It almost seems I love like Google's just hearing that one. It's so (laughs) concise and it's exactly like what they do. That's amazing how they're able to like narrow it down so much, but it sounds like they're talking about like the what, the why, and maybe like the how a little bit with some like buzzwords in there too. So yeah, that's super helpful. And I was going through my core values for my business while you were kind of talking about that. So I wanted to give them as examples for Tassel, the continuing ed company specifically. And I would, I want to hear your thoughts on this. If you agree with it, since you've been with Tassel from the beginning, I was thinking community because we're really big on like not making SLPs feel more isolated, trying to connect them with other SLPs in the field. We have like our discussion groups. So we're really big on like community convenience, like being able to earn CEUs wherever they are at the gym, at the beach, the nail salon, making it affordable. You know, I would say that There are lots of certification programs out there that can be very expensive. There are free continuing education courses as well. We give free continuing education certificates for some of our courses, but like finding that middle ground that makes it affordable for SLPs because, you know, we don't always make the most money. We're a very giving profession, but we do have to get these CEUs. So I would say that we've actually partnered with a couple of different school districts too that have like paid for it because it's been so affordable. And this is like not a plug-in for Tassel. I'm just trying to relate it back to like our company. And then the last thing would be like engaging. I feel like that, like I was going to say fun, but fun, I feel like, doesn't encompass like everything. I think engaging is probably a little bit more because our interviews are dynamic. Our courses like usually involve like two people talking and then we try to like provide examples and resources to go along with it. Did I miss anything that you feel like Tassel also has as a core value? No, I feel like, I feel like the community is kind of like our first was one of our first like big reasons why Tassel kind of came to be the way it was. And like, even now is one of our pushing reasons to get like SLPs together so that they can learn together so that they can learn from one another. Yeah. And engagement. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I'm like, maybe she, I just literally thought about it on the fly. So I'm, I'm glad that we're like on the same page. I think that says a lot. Like if we are two different people and we can both agree that those are the core values of this business, then we're sticking to our values, which is really awesome. (laughs) What are some other examples of core values that other people might use for their business? That is a very good question. So one, I even thinking for myself, when I was kind of going through this for my own personally, I always thought collaboration, bringing value, and honesty were the three that 
always kind of stood out for, for my own like design business and stuff. And that's also what I based a lot, like what I based a lot of the wording around my contracts with my client, what I based a lot of wording for my website and even like a, like an exit interview. Like I really try to even get that from my clients. Like, did you feel that these three values were it? evident when we worked together. But some other ones I've heard accountability was one. I, I've worked with a couple of people in, in the fitness industry and their favorites were like accountability or diversity, persistent. I've worked with some people who did some sustainability projects and they loved core values like transparency or integrity or innovation. So I think those are some of my favorites. Yeah. Those are all really great examples. I'm glad you shared them to kind of give people something to think about for their own businesses and see what resonates with them. So we actually have a resource that is free. You don't even have to sign up for SLB Creative Con on how to write smart goals for businesses, right? And I think, how can they get that? It was one of our newsletters. Is there another way there? Maybe there's a link on the social media page. If not, we'll, we'll go put that after this. Cause I was just thinking like, how can they go get those freebies? But we have a like smart goals planner that people can download and use to create goals. But you have some pretty like big timelines here from six months all the way up to 10 years. Why is it important to like think out that far? I think it's important to think about where you want to go and really think about where you see that. And even in that long-term goal, one, I think gives you motivation, but two, it's also really awesome when you get to one of those goals and you look back like, wow, that's where I wanted to be. And these goals can change. Like this doesn't, whatever you put on this page, when you're first starting out, doesn't have to be where you, you are in five years and 10 years, whatever that is. But it is really awesome to look back and say, hey, a year ago, I wanted whatever your goal is. Maybe it's a financial goal. Maybe it's a marketing goal, whatever it is. But to look back at that and say, whoa, I actually did that. Or, you know, I was close to it and I went this other way and look at where I am now. So it's kind of great to always have a point of reference, even if you deviate from that vision. And these goals, which we just talked about, they should always be the SMART goals because that's always going to make that, those inches towards success feel more significant. You know, if you give a broad goal, like in a year, I'll feel better about my business when you get to that year, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you lay out those, you know, specific and measurable goals, it's going to give you that extra little push, that extra little pick me up when you get there. And it's also going to establish some accountability too. So maybe you assign some responsibility to achieving one of these goals to yourself, or maybe even your team, your team's also going to feel that same uplift when you look at look back at that and look at what you've done and see the progress even if it's small seeing that progress is going to keep your mindset and your team's mindset positive to like move forward and also allow yourself to like celebrate success like you you want to have those reminders to celebrate the little things that you've done because it's it's going to keep you going or you're going to remember those things when there's a lull in the business or you are going through a little bit of a tough time and you don't really know if you want to keep doing this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah. I love how we've been working together, like from the beginning of Tassel at least, and just seeing us hit those milestones and like celebrating them has been really fun. And like you said, you can't always predict where you're going to be at in five years, 10 years, but I would say like most people have a pretty good idea. Like if they're really passionate about something and they have a very strong why, when they write out what they want in like five, 10 years, and then you kind of look back on it, you're like, wow, I accomplished that goal. Oh, I got that one too. Like it's super cool. It's not always within the time frame that you designate. I feel like that's like the biggest caveat, but like you do end up doing those goals if you really, really wanted to do them from the beginning and you're persistent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, do you find that the same is for you? I remember writing in my journal, like, do this, become a continuing education provider, like start a podcast. And it's been cool to like, kind of check those off along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing those. Or even like you cheer for my personal enjoyment. I'll do like a vision board. And when you look back at your vision board and you think, whoa, I actually did that. Or I like traveled to that place or I did that course or whatever. It just, it gives you like a set, like that sense of pride. And it's going to be the same thing in your business. Like you want to feel that sense of pride over what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So what are the four P's of marketing? Or maybe I have, I probably heard it, but like, didn't actually like see it in my mind. So it's nice to have it like written out here. Yeah, it's nice to see it kind of like in a graph because I feel like when you think of marketing, it's also something that so many people are trying to sell to you. So many people are trying to tell you like their strategy. It's just kind of a mind game between like, who do I listen to? Where do I go? I literally (laughs) prefer that term today. It's the communication fog. Exactly. And like, I, I even feel like there were times where I was just like doom scrolling on Instagram or on TikTok, just like looking for like, what are other people doing? Why is there like this secret sauce that I don't know? But when you take a step back (laughs) from all of the crazy, like different things that are out there, you just need to remember to go back to the basics and the basics of any marketing class or whatever that I've done, I've listened to, it always goes back to product or service, price, place, and promotion. But those are, those are the bottom line, what you should be focusing on and how you should be building any other strategy off of that, whether it's social media or, you know, other. So to kind of break those down. So the product or service obviously refers to like what you are offering. So Think about how it meets the needs of your clients or customers and who those clients or customers are. So this will include things like identifying, you know, the features, the benefits, the pain points, some of your design or branding. And if you have like a product-based business and like packaging those things, if that applies. Your second will be price. So this is going to refer to the price that the the customer or client pays for the product or service. So that's something that you set and you make sure you want to make sure that you're setting your price at a level that's, you know, competitive, profitable, and is going to reflect back to, you know, the values of your product or like the service that you're giving to that customer. So 
you know, you want to think about those factors when you're setting your price, maybe it's cost of production, whether that's like you're making a product or cost of production to like run your programs, your website run, I don't know, maybe you even things like you're running a zoom account or, you know, do you need to do Google ads? Like what, what's built into what's built into that, your promotion and your advertising cost and the level of demand. So, you know, that idea of, of competition in the market with like supply and demand is nobody doing this or is everybody doing this? So you want to kind of think about those and, and set your price, which is also like personal to however you decide to do it. But those are the guiding factors. So the next important thing will be place. So this is going to be how people find you, the location or channel where your clients or customers are going to purchase what you're providing. So you want to ensure that your product is available in the right place, in the right time that's going to meet your customers' needs. So that's going to like identify the most effective distribution channels. Maybe it's like an, you have an online store. Maybe it's, you know, your, your timeline of when you're getting projects done. Maybe you have products that you're putting into like brick and mortar stores and ensuring that that product is easily accessible to your target audience. And I think place is also a super important thing to also think about when you're doing social media marketing, because a lot of times people will look at their TikTok and their Instagram and their whatever other social media, Facebook, and think, I just need to put the same thing across all three platforms, but they're different places. There's different audiences that are there. You know, the people who are hanging out on Facebook aren't the same people hanging out on TikTok and think about how that place is going to differentiate your marketing to what product you're putting out there, what, how you're promoting yourself there. And then the last one is promotion. So the tactics that we all use, whether it's, you know, buy one, get one free, or, you know, the whatever tactics that you want to use to promote your service to your, your target audience, making sure that they're effective strategies that's going to raise awareness to what you're offering and differentiate yourself a little bit from the competitors. That's kind of what most promotions are supposed to do, are going to encourage your customers to follow through with whatever that purchase is. So in essence, how you're going to curate like your customer experience. And that doesn't really matter no matter what kind of business you have, even if you have like a private practice, like with your, with the parents, how are what's their customer experience going to look like? Think about it in the same way as your brick and mortar stores or your online stores. What's going to help kind of create an experience for them that they're going to really rave about your business, want to talk to other people about it. And do you kind of like that personal storytelling selling for you? So once you've kind of outlined those, I feel like you can better represent yourself and have an idea of how you want to create your marketing plan, how you want to show up on social media and what platforms you're going to use. It's going to help you create like what Google ads do I want to run or my, your Google ads could be more specialized to one niche of your target audience. They get really like minuscule. So you can think about those or even like your email list. When you're curating your email list, how are you showing these for marketing strategies in like in an email. And yeah, just thinking about how these are going to help you to connect with your audience because that's the goal, right? Is that you want to connect with 
those that you're, you're kind of curating that experience for. Yeah, no, this is awesome and super helpful. I love that you have like these questions to get people thinking about each of these different areas. So, and then you have your go-to resource list here, which is awesome. That's also another freebie, like the smart goals planner that we have, but this has been awesome, Nicole. And I know that you have definitely implemented this a lot in our relationship over the years. So I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful to have you back on. And this is such an amazing resource for people who want to start a business. And again, this is available to everyone that signs up for SLP Creative Con. So if you are thinking about starting a business, then definitely join us. The live event is on the 18th, but you can start watching the playback videos on March 22nd. Nicole, anything else you want to share before we wrap up today? Yeah, I think that's all as far as what we have in this packet here, but I definitely encourage all of you to join SLP Creative Con. We're going to obviously be talking more about this topic and we'll kind of go more into questions that people have in the discussion groups and in the digital exhibit hall that we have, you can sign up for a one hour consultation call with me and we can go through this entire business plan and brainstorm together what you're looking for to have a clearer vision amazing. Oh my gosh. Such good value. Thank you so much, Nicole. Well, as always, it's a pleasure and I can't wait for everybody to hear this and learn your strategies for this business plan. And hopefully they'll join us so that they can get that one-on-one consult with you too. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to the event. All right. Awesome. Bye, Nicole. Bye. If you love this episode, then you don't want to miss this upcoming event. SLP CreativeCon is for entrepreneurs and creators in the field of speech language pathology. Attendees will get to learn about social media marketing, branding, private practice, financial planning, time management, and the most important things to do when you're starting a business. The all-day live event starts March 18th, 2023. You have the chance to listen to the audio recordings for free starting March 22nd, or you can register and grab the conference playbook with a business planner, social media audit, podcast planner, and more. Hang with us during the live panel discussions four days earlier. Watch the video playbacks on your own time starting March 22nd. Participate in group discussions with other attendees and win prizes from our amazing sponsors or earn up to 0.7 ASHA CEUs, live or recorded, and a certificate, all by registering for the SLP CreativeCon ticket or SLP Connect membership. Message Speechy Site Up on Instagram for the link or click on the link in this episode description. You can always wonder how SLP entrepreneurs manage social media, finances, time management, branding, copywriting, and just getting started or you can learn and get your questions answered from these SLP business experts at SLP CreativeCon. Take care and remember to always fill your speechy side cup first before you can pour into others.